You're listening to Renewing Religion, a podcast about worship, social duties, and spirituality featuring an overview of Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya. This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. This Ramadan, our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org slash donate. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala sayyidina wa nabiyina wa habibina Muhammad. Habibi Rabbil Alameen. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa atba'ihi ila yawmiddin. Alhamdulillah. In our daily sessions on renewing religion in which we're looking at a thematic overview of Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya which is a blueprint on how to bring our religion to life and or how to bring religion into our lives as a lived reality not just as forms that we practice but as a reality that we are transformed by. And this work by Imam al-Ghazali, Ihya Ulum al-Din, has been widely considered the greatest authored work in Islam. And no similar work was ever authored um, before or after. Um, and Imam al-Ghazali's central point in this work is that the reality of religion is knowledge that is lived, that is acted upon with sincerity, with turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala transforming thereby our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bequeathing God consciousness, bequeathing prophetic virtues of character and conduct. And this really is an amazing work. Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya is divided into four parts. The first part that we're looking at in the first week or so of this month is on devotion, on how to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through faith and worship in accordance with the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And today we're going to look at a brief overview of the second book of these 40 books, which is on the foundations of Islamic belief. Um, on what Muslims be- understanding what Muslims believe and why. And just as a note, um, Seekers Seekers Hub Global Islamic Seminary offers a full course in which we covered the complete text of Imam al-Ghazali's Book 2, which is an important um, course on what we believe and why and understanding that. And um, if you have studied Islamic beliefs before, this is a good intermediate level um, course. And Imam al-Ghazali divides this book into four parts. 
what we believe in, the stages of belief, understanding our faith with certitude, knowing some of the proofs for the articles of faith, and what is the relationship between faith and submission. So we'll look at that briefly. This is not the place to, 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 to look at Islamic beliefs in, in detail. However, we need to know clearly that the first obligation upon the believer is to know what is necessary to believe about Allah and about the prophets and about the transmitted beliefs. This is the first obligation. And nothing is more important in your, in your life than to know who you are and who is your Lord. Right? Um, because no action in this life makes sense without understanding the ultimate purpose of life. What is the ultimate purpose of life? It, it, it's that you are from Allah and that you are returning to Him. It's as simple as that. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We are Allah's, truly, we are Allah's, and to Him are we returning. Okay. And we affirm this whenever someone dies, but this is not like our way of saying good riddance or poor guy, right? Auntie, she's gone. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Rather, when people die, we remind ourselves of the reality of death and life. That's what we're supposed to say when we wake up. Alhamdulillahi ahyana. All praise is due to the one who has given us life. Ba'da ma'amatana. After he causes us to die. Wa ilayhi nushur. And to him is the returning. So this is the first obligation. And everyone should practically take the means of studying a an introductory text on Islamic beliefs. And don't suffice yourself with saying, well, I attended decades. Some people say, I, I attended decades of Sunday school. Right? Well, probably not decades, because you probably only attended it into your teens, but it seems like you know, one of those things that, it's like that you know, song, this is the song that never ends. You know, this is the Sunday school that never ends. But study a primer on Islamic belief, so you know clearly what you believe and why you believe it. And it doesn't take very much. At Seekers Hub um, online, we have a number of such courses. In 12 weeks, one class a week, you can study what you need to know with clarity. Um, and this is something that giving a little bit of time to Understanding what we believe and why we believe it, this is the bedrock of our clarity and certainty as believers. However, in chapter 2 of this beautiful work, which is the second book of the Ihya, the Foundations of Islamic Belief, Imam al-Ghazali discusses how faith is nurtured. That Iman, Iman, though rooted in knowledge, Right? Because what is Iman? Iman is confirming as true what the Messenger of Allah has come with. That is the definition of faith. Confirming as true the truth that the Messenger of Allah 
has come with. It begins with knowledge. You know what is true, and then you accept it. And faith is that acceptance, that confirmation. Because you can know something as being true, but unless you accept it, it is not called faith. However, the mere study of faith is not sufficient to nurture and strengthen faith. Right? This is an important matter that Imam Ghazali affirms. Of course, to the extent that you understand what you believe and you understand why you believe it, this helps with the acceptance. It can give you a certain amount of certitude right? because you understand why you believe it and you understand it clearly. It dispels confusion and so on. It helps, but that's not sufficient. Right? That's a basic kind of certitude. Rather, one of the central arguments of Imam al-Ghazali, and this is a, an accepted point um, according to the scholars of Islam, is that faith is nurtured above all by submission. Iman is strengthened by Islam. That all the acts of submission, what do they do? They nurture certitude. They nurture the strength of our faith. So what is our prayer but an act of faith? What is our fasting but an act of faith? Our dhikr, our dua, our recitation of Qur'an, our living in a state of submission, seeking Allah thereby, all of these are acts of faith. The fact that even the mundane, or the apparently mundane, the fact that we enter the toilet with, with the left foot, the fact that we eat with the right hand, all of these acts of being in a state of submission to Allah, seeking Allah thereby, following the sunnah, these are not rituals. These are acts of faith. And what do they do? All of these acts nurture the strength of our faith, our consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So faith is strengthened by submission, by turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our acts of devotion, in our acts of worship, but also by living the faith in one's life. Right? Following the, the sunnah, the proper manners of our religion, all of these, what is their purpose? This is how you live faithfully. And they nurture faith. Faith is also nurtured by acquiring those traits of character that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what's in the second half of the Ihya, what Imam al-Ghazali calls al-munjiyat, the salvific virtues such as hope and fear, gratitude, longing and intimacy and love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the other virtuous qualities of the heart. Ridding oneself of those qualities of heart that distance us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Our sinful desires, our worldliness, our malice, greed, envy, Anger, rancor, hatred, ill opinion of others, etc. These qualities that distance us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So really, if you look at what Imam al-Ghazali has to say about how faith is nurtured, you can see that Imam al-Ghazali's ihya, 
the renewal of the religion is a manual for the realization of faith. How do you strengthen your faith? So you have, you don't have just mere faith, but you have living faith, conscious faith, realized faith. Imam al-Ghazali wrote the Ihya really as a manual for the realization of faith. Because Imam al-Ghazali and others explain that faith has levels. Right? It begins by mere faith, which is you accept, you know, you accept what the Messenger وسلم, has come with as true. Are you a Muslim? Yes. You have Iman. But this, the least of faith is you just accept it. I'm a Muslim. I believe in Allah and His Messenger. You don't even understand why, but I do. That's fine. That's fine. But better than that is to have faith with understanding. So you know what you believe. You know why you believe it. Because someone asks you, you know, you came out of Burgenator in the Kensington market. Someone asks you, are you Muslim? I say, yes. I say, why? I say, let's sit down. And you're able to explain to them. Because you understand it. Not so you can give a big discourse, but you have clarity on what you believe. So if one day you're sitting and you ask yourself, why am I a Muslim? You can answer, you can answer that basic question to yourself. But better than faith with, me, with understanding is faith that's lived with consciousness. Right? So one turns to Allah, one feels need for Allah. Right? And this is to the extent that one submits in life as described. And this, is, this is what it means to be a righteous believer, that you live faithfully. And faithful living is better, Imam al-Ghazali argues, than book understanding. Like if you have two believers, one who studied and knows why they believe, the other person doesn't really know why they believe, but they live their faith. They may not be able to explain it, but they have, the, but faith is alive in their hearts. That's the difference between, you know, one of the great theologians of Islam, he knew all the arguments of faith. Towards the end of his life, or when he was in his deathbed, some confusion came up. Okay. And then this elderly lady heard that he was confused on his deathbed. And she had some, like aunties, had some stern words to say. So this scholar himself said, Imanun ka iman al hajaiz. That, O oh Allah, grant us faith like the faith of elderly women. Okay. Aunties. You know, like anti-Iman is a high level of Iman because it's lived. Right? God bless our aunties. Right? Number four is faith with beholding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ta'bud Allah ka'annaka tarah. That you be in a state of submission to Allah as though you behold Him. And then there's, that can be momentary or it can be realized. So that your constant state is that you're in a state of active beholding of Allah, that you are more conscious of Allah actively than you are of the things around you. Right? And these, this is what we strive to. As believers, don't strive just to have mere faith, but strive for the ranks of faith. But 
there is a merit in understanding of faith, right? Because faith that is well rooted in understanding leads to a, a tree that bears better fruit, right? So study the proofs of Islamic beliefs because this strengthens faith, right? And at Seekers, we have a number of such courses. Uh, a, a level one course called Understanding Islamic Beliefs, which covers one of the classic primers by Imam al-Dardir. We also cover this book two of the Ihya, the foundations of Islamic beliefs. Study the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have a detailed course covering an explanation of the 99 names of Allah called Understanding Allah's Most Beautiful Names. There's also a wonderful podcast by Sheikh Hamza Karam Ali called Why Islam is True. And if you go to seekershub.org slash podcast, you can see the various podcasts. One of them is this podcast. Right? And if nothing else, it'll, you, you'll f- feel more intelligent right? because it's presented in a very uh, clear but cogent, very logical but very inspiring manner. Um, why Islam is True. It's a brief podcast covering why, you know, that it's, we don't just state that Islam is, is the truth. We know it with certainty, certitude and we can prove it. Finally, Imam al-Ghazali talks about the relationship between Iman and Islam. That just as faith has levels of faith that we talked about, there's mere faith, that you ex- which is acceptance. But then you have living faith, and you have degrees of realized faith. Submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also has levels. Right? There's mere submission, which is you accept to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's mere Islam. But then you have active submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you have perfected submission to someone who truly follows the Prophet sallallahu outwardly and inwardly. Right? Right? So, what is the relationship between Iman and Islam? That Iman entails Islam. Right? Faith entails submission. And submission fuels faith. Right? Faith entails submission, but submission fuels faith. Right? So the, 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 and this is, which is why Imam Abu Hanifa simplified the matter. He said, Islam and Iman, Iman and Islam are one. You cannot have one without the other. Because faith, you know, confirming as true what the Messenger has come with, وسلم, entails accepting to submit to it. To the extent that you live your faith, you're, it is by submission. And the submission is strengthening faith. So they're necessarily interrelated. Right? Faith entails submission. And to the extent that you submit, are you fueling your, your faith? We'll close by looking, and this will be our supplication before Maghrib. It's a, an amazing hadith of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it's related, this hadith is related by al-Nasai in his Sunan al-Kubra and also in, in Amal al-Yawm wal-Layla by al-Hakim in al-Mustadrak by Imam al-Bayhaqi in al-Asma' wal-Sifat and by others. Um, and Imam al-Munziri said in Targhib wa Tarheeb that this is a Sahih Hadith. And the other Imams of Hadith verification 
disagreed about the hadith as to whether it's rigorously authentic or sahih or whether it is hasan, whether it's authentic. Right? But it is it authentically established either way from the Prophet on the authority of Anas ibn Malik anhu, that the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said to his daughter Fatima anha, what would prevent you from, from listening to what I advise you? Meaning nothing. I'm your father, said the Prophet. Right? Or what would prevent you when you wake up and when you go to sleep from saying? Right? That just as you wouldn't refuse what I advise you, don't refuse saying when you wake up and when you go to sleep, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika Astaghith, Aslih Li Shani Kullahu, Wala Takilni Ila Nafsi Tarfata Ain. It's an amazing hadith. The Prophet said to Sayyidah Aish, Sayyidah Fatima, may Allah be well pleased with her, his daughter, what would keep you from listening to my counsel or from saying, each morning and each night. Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, O living, O sustaining, Birahmatika Astaghith, in your mercy do I seek urgent aid. Aslih li shani kullah, rectify for me all my affairs. And Islah is to make good, right? Make good, repair. For me, fix for me all my affairs, right? Because we seek to renew our religion, but we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take it on for us, and then we take the means. But what is the culmination of faith? And Allah, do not leave me to my own self, even for the blinking of an eye. And this is the the prophetic state of faith, we have a glimmer of it, that the Prophet ﷺ was not by his own self, even for a moment, even for the blinking of an eye. The prophetic state is to be by Allah with, the, with every blinking of an eye, with every beat of the heart, it's to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the perfection of faith. And this is a dua, that we, that we enter Maghrib, enter into Maghrib by saying, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika Astaghith, Aslih li shani kullah, Wala takilni ila nafsi, Tarfata ain. Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum, Birahmatika Nastaghith, Aslih lana shanana kullah, Wala takilna ila anfusina, Tarfata ain. That all living, O all sustaining. In your mercy, do we seek urgent aid. Rectify for us all, all our affairs. And do not leave us to ourselves, even for the blinking of an eye. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa nabina Muhammad. Khairi man istighath wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa atba'ihi wa ahbabihi ila yawmiddin. Wa akhid awana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. 
To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass.